Section 4 of The World's Famous Orations, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nemo. The World's Famous Orations, Volume 4. On the British Defeat in America by Charles James Fox On the British Defeat in America, 1780 Footnote Delivered in the House of Commons in 1780 The surrender of Cornwallis occurred on October 19 of the following year. Abridged End footnote Born in 1749, died in 1806, son of Lord Holland entered Parliament as a Tory in 1768, and Lord North's Ministry in 1771-1774, from which he was dismissed, and then became a Whig, supporting the American cause, Foreign Secretary in 1782, and again in 1783 and 1806. We are charged with expressing joy at the triumphs of America. True, it is, that in a former session, I proclaimed it as my sincere opinion that if the ministry had succeeded in their first scheme on the liberties of America, the liberties of this country would have been at an end. Thinking this, as I did, in the sincerity of an honest heart, I rejoiced at the resistance which the ministry had met to their attempt. That great and glorious statesman, the late Earl of Chatham, feeling for the liberties of his native country, thanked God that America had resisted. But, it seems, all the calamities of the country are to be ascribed to the wishes and the joy and the speeches of opposition. O oh, miserable and unfortunate ministry! O oh, blind and incapable men, whose measures are framed with so little foresight and executed with so little firmness that they not only crumble to pieces but bring on the ruin of their country merely because one rash, weak, or wicked man in the House of Commons makes a speech against them. But who is he who arranged gentlemen on this side of the House with causing, by their inflammatory speeches, the misfortunes of their country? The accusation comes from one whose inflammatory harangues have led the nation, step by step, from violence to violence, and that inhuman, unfeeling system of blood and massacre, which every honest man must detest, which every good man must abhor, and every wise man condemn. And this man imputes the guilt of such measures to those who had all along foretold the consequences, who had prayed, entreated, and supplicated, not only for America, but for the credit of the nation and its eventual welfare, to arrest the hand of power meditating slaughter and directed by injustice what was the consequence of the sanguinary measures recommended in those bloody inflammatory speeches though boston was to be starved though hancock and adams were prescribed yet at the feet of these very men the parliament of great britain was obliged to kneel flatter and cringe and as it had the cruelty at one time to denounce vengeance against these men, so it had the meanness afterward 
to implore their forgiveness. Shall he who called the Americans, Hancock and his crew, shall he presume to reprehend any set of men for inflammatory speeches? It is this accursed American war that has led us, step by step, into all our present misfortunes and national disgraces. What was the cause of our wasting forty millions of money and sixty thousand lives, the American war? What was it that produced the French rescript and a French war, the American war? What was it that produced the Spanish manifesto and Spanish war, the American war? What was it that armed forty-two thousand men in Ireland with the arguments carried on the points of forty thousand bayonets? The American War! For what are we about to incur an additional debt of twelve or fourteen millions? This accursed, cruel, diabolical American War! End of Section 4